All right, my friends, welcome back. This is At Your Service tonight on KMOX Live in the studios. Yours truly, Dave Simons. Yeah, the guy who is the financial advisor, the certified financial planner at UBS and has hosted the Dollars and Cents show, which will uh, celebrate its 26th year in January. I can't believe it because I'm only like 32. So, yeah, I started hosting this show as just a little toddler on this show. Uh, Yeah, but no, seriously, 26 years coming up. But every once in a while, they let me out for good behavior and say, hey, if you want to come into the studio to actually fill in and be a real radio host, well, here you go. And so that's why I'm here tonight. So, seriously, thank you very much for uh, tuning us in here tonight on uh, KMOX. And happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas Hope everyone has a very healthy and prosperous 2022. There is a chance, by the way, that I will be hosting the Dollars and Cents show this Sunday. I don't know yet. Uh, as you know, Camel X, we, uh, we have the Chiefs games on the weekends, usually Sunday afternoons, and that's where my show is. There is talk that they may cancel some games, maybe all the games. Maybe they'll pull an NHL and just say, yeah, because of the variants, like making everybody sick, we're going to shut it down for a week. So if they do and the Chiefs do not play this Sunday, then I will be on. So um, if you're interested with the Dollars and Cents show, you just need to find out if the Chiefs are playing or not, and that will be your answer. All right, let's start off this hour addressing maybe the issue that's most important to me in life right now. As an American, as a father of a couple of grown kids, um, soon to be a grandfather at, at no no one's pregnant but getting married so i think that's probably and they've already stated their intentions so that will be soon enough as a husband as a son as someone um who and as an american that's the point that i was going to make here is someone who really loves this country and wants the best for it and i am really really troubled I am about the divisiveness in this country, which has been exacerbated by the internet. Now I love the internet. I, I use it for work. It is, it has made me more knowledgeable. I mean, to, to think that is at the fingertips, if I have a a question, I can get an answer to it. But unfortunately there has developed a dark side. And it's done through a lot of the social media networks. And and they didn't start out that way either. Cute little, you know, Facebook on the Harvard campus and people, you know, touching base. And when it first came out, I, I got on there and I, man, I was finding friends I haven't seen since the 70s in high school. And that was a lot of fun. But then now, as we've since learned, all the algorithms that just keep force feeding you like-minded topics and subjects that feed into your own preconceived notions of things, and you don't know what's happening to you, but you are going down this rabbit hole as more and more of the same information is coming at you. It becomes more vitriolic. You actually start to engage in more debate, sometimes heated, and you don't know that it's really happening because it's, it's occurring over a long period of time. And this has really, really troubled me to no end. And I've had to talk to some folks who will feed me some of these conspiracy things as fact, as, well, of course you should know this. And I point out to them, does this even make sense to you? Just stop for a second. Don't retweet it. 
please don't repost it. Just think about what you're telling me. Let me give you an example. So Dr. Fauci was being interviewed by Mark Zuckerberg. And I don't know when this was. Was this last month? Was this six months ago? I, I don't know. It was sometime this year. And it was on the Internet and some, some interview, you know, live thing that, that went viral. And Fauci, during the interview, one of the things that he said was noting that when scientists were first starting to play around with vaccines 100 years ago, and they were, you know, they didn't fully understand what they were doing. And this was in the early days and early stages of, of, of this kind of medicine and, and trying different things and experimenting with that. And as Fauci noted, look, some of those really early vaccines, depending on what they were trying to fight, were actually even worse than the disease or the virus itself and would actually kill people, more people, than the virus itself. And he was kind of explaining that. So what somebody did with obviously ill intentions, an ideologue, don't know who it is, took that snippet and then put it out there in the interwebs somewhere and said, see, even Dr. Fauci admits that the, vi- that the vaccine that he is promoting actually is more deadly than COVID itself. And you see this headline, you're going, what? And you click on, and sure enough, it's not a lie. There's Fauci. He's saying, and then the vaccine is more deadly than the virus itself, end quote. And I'm just kind of paraphrasing that. So that is sent to me by a relative. I didn't even have to click on. I looked at the headline and I said right there, oh my gosh, do you really think that Anthony Fauci is going to go live in an interview and say, yeah, you, you, ha- you got me. The vaccine that's out there, it's not good. And it's actually worse than the virus itself. It kills people. Use your brain, man. I mean, so I had to reach out to this person and say, I don't even need. And I went ahead and looked at the video and you could just tell there's something more to it. So then I do a little bit more digging and you realize it was totally taken out of context. Well, that thing went viral. I use that as an example of what is permeating now the landscape of this country and really across the world. And I'm always having to tell people, friends, and and they'll post stuff on Facebook, and I'm not trying to embarrass anyone. That's not my style. That's not who I am. I will send a private message, and I'll say, hey, Bob, Sally, whoever, I just want you to know that actually what you posted isn't true. Here's what really happened. And and invariably, they're nice and they'll send back. I've actually had somebody, uh, people will, will send back another private message. Yeah, I, um, I found it hard to believe. And I'm thinking, you found it hard to believe, but you just posted it to make a point. That's where we've gotten in this country now. So it's really disappointing to see people who I have admired on a national scale fall into the same trap. It just happened to the author of Hillbilly Elegy, J.D. Vance, who is running for the Senate 
in Ohio on the Republican side, and, and he's going to have a, a tough primary fight. They're all already battling one another and calling each other names. And um, he was really made to look um, kind of silly. So when we come back, I will talk a little bit about that and what's happening there and then go into something that is very personal to me that has occurred because of misinformation. And it really, really, um, it has set my world upside down. And I don't mean to get heavy. What I'm, I'm going to stay above board when I talk about this briefly. And I want to I talk about it in more of an educational fashion and in a lesson way that, that perhaps what I'm about to say will touch even one person. If it helps one person to potentially save their life when we come back, then it's worth me going out on a limb and exposing some personal feelings about this. And I'm willing to do that. That's how important this topic has become for me, uh, to me. It is 9.15. We'll be back after this. Nine twenty in St. Louis. Hello there, Dave Simons, your host on this chilly December evening. But you know what? For this time of year, not too bad after all. Uh, when I did get the text from Steve Moore asking if I could fill in tonight, um, usually I have to ask the boss right away. Hey, hun, we uh, we doing anything this particular night? They're asking me to fill in, and she's got to look at the calendar. Usually, she knows right away. No, dear, we have dinner with so and so. But I didn't have to this time because. She left this morning. That sounds dramatic, huh? Like my, <laughs> she she left me after 33 years. No, she um uh we we we've done this for gosh ever since we've been married 33 years. We head to Kansas for um that's where her family's from. So she already left. She wants to be with her parents. You know they're getting up there in age, and she just wanted to spend a couple of extra days. So my son, um. Also couldn't get off work. He works at Mercy. Proud of that kid. He and I will uh, will head out on Fridays. So, yeah, I'm bacheloring it for a couple of days. So I'm like, 8 to 10. Hey, I'll be here from 6 to midnight if you need me. In fact, I'm going to hang out with Matt here. We're going to be out here all, all evening. I, I don't have any place to go. And she took the dogs, too. So no commitments on my end. All right. So I had just talked about the um, some of the conspiracy stuff that is just so easily believed. And all it takes is just a little common sense. I know not everybody has common sense and, and, you know, very low IQ, but I am shocked by the people who I've always considered to be relatively intelligent, who also feed into this or buy into it. When I say, just, just don't look at just the headline. Does that even make sense? Dr. Fauci admits that the vaccine is more deadly than the virus. I mean, come on. So here we have J.D. Vance, the author of Hillbilly Elegy. And I'm not I am not purposely hammering him to make a political statement. Oh, you're this Republican. You're that Democrat. That's not the point. My whole issue, I hope that you're being reasonable here and in, in hearing what I'm trying to say. And it's all about the stuff that people believe when they read it on the Internet, including people who are intelligent like J.D. Vance. This is a Harvard guy, best-selling book. So there, I don't know who did this. Maybe it's out already. I don't know. But somebody very creatively came up with 
a um, oh some kind of website thing that they tweeted out, and it looked official that it came from the White House. Until you looked a little closer, and then you realize, you know what, the technology is not very good on this. I don't know that this officially came from the White House. But in it, on this page that says it's the official whitehouse.gov website, it announces that the Biden administration not only plans to restrict travel across state lines because of the virus, which means, uh uh-oh, I guess my wife trying to get to Kansas today, she must have been stopped. She's she's having to turn back around. I, I don't know. Also on the website, talks about new booster requirements, so we have to get the booster, but here's the real kicker. Opening up quarantine centers. Internment camps. That's what it's saying. Now, you may think whatever you want to think about Joe Biden, Donald Trump, whatever. I don't care. Again, I don't care. But if would do you actually think no matter who's president, either Trump or Biden, and in this case, it's Biden because this is this is what is being believed. Well, this doesn't surprise me. Joe Biden would do this. That the Biden administration are really going to set up internment camps. If you really believe that's possible, I don't know what to tell you. I can't help you. To me, you're like way far down that rabbit hole. I, I, I don't even think I could throw you a lifeline and bring you back up. If you're that far gone and think that actually could happen. You've been reading too many conspiratorial websites, in my humble opinion. So it was retweeted by certain types of other websites. Oh, look what's happening here. Now, again, common sense. If this really were happening, don't you think this would be all over the news? Fox News, of course, it would run 24-7 with it. Even CNN would say, "Uh, yeah, we got a little bit of an issue here. Internment camps? Quarantine centers stopping us at state lines. Well, here's J.D. Vance running for the Senate in Ohio, and he retweets it, basically saying, yeah, you vote for the left. Look what you're going to get. Internment camps. This is what the Biden administration is doing. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So, of course, Vance is um, <laughs> one of his primary challengers. What's the guy's name? Uh, uh, don't see it here. Boy, I had it in front of me. Anyway, oh, here it is. Josh Mandel. Josh Mandel. He's having a great time with this, as he should. If I was running against J.D. Vance, I'd say, yeah, this guy's kind of off his rocker. But unrelated to this, this is what I love about politics. So J.D. Vance is telling potential voters, hey, if you donate $10,000 to my campaign, you can have lunch with me. You can dine with me and my mega donor buddy, Peter Thiel. And Peter, as you may know, is a big uh, GOP donor, hedge fund guy, very successful, another smart guy. Um, and so apparently he and, and J.D. Vance are getting along and, and saying, yeah, well, you give $10,000 to the J.D. Vance campaign. We're going to we're going to have dinner with you, lunch with you or whatever. So here's. Here's Josh Mandel, and he puts out a statement going, hey, I'll offer to meet voters for $10 in a Chick-fil-A parking lot. I love that. Now, that, that's something that I would say. It kind of pokes fun at the challengers saying, uh, yeah, those guys, they're dealing with the elites over here. Me, I'm the common guy, right? 
Chick-fil-A parking lot, 10 bucks. You don't have to pay $10,000 to him. Anyway, I just had to throw that in there. I thought that was pretty clever. Okay, let, let me, can I get a little somber here for a second? I I really debated whether to talk about this. I, I really did. I prayed on it. I'm a faith-based guy, and I just thought, is this, do I even want to go here? And I just, I felt this internally, Dave, if it actually opens the eyes of one person to save others from going through the pain that you and your family are going through right now, you got to do it. And maybe this honors the legacy of the person you're referring to, to save others. And I'm like, okay, I hear it. I hear it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to mention who this person is. Is It's not my wife, and it's not my kids. That's all I'll say. It's the next layer of family, though, after that, and that's it. And this is somebody who had all of the pre-existing conditions that you read about. And I don't want to mention them, but you know what they are. When they say, if you have this condition, that, 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 If you get COVID, you're in trouble. Well, he had them all. And also bought into the conspiracies that the vaccine not only doesn't really help, but it harms and people die. And stuff that's just a lie and it's false and it's potentially deadly. So... I get a call two weeks ago, and for those of you who live in St. Charles, or actually anywhere, if you've ever been to the St. Louis Family Arena, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the just the Family Arena out there in, in St. Charles, I'm driving past it when my wife calls, and she's very upset. And she tells me, she starts to lay out the scenario, uh, then he went to work, and we knew he had covid And we are very concerned about it because of all of these conditions and refusing to get the vaccine. And she proceeds to tell me that he is dead. If you have ever been in one of those situations where you are hit with news that your brain cannot process, we have a defense mechanism there that it just can't take it in where you go oh that's interesting let me think about that for a second oh that's really not a good thing that you just told me so uncontrollably i just yelled no no i I, i'm i'm like yelling it and around me you don't even notice what is going on i'm driving but am i driving I, i don't know i just remember i'm right in front of the st louis family arena Three teenage kids left behind, a wife, um, others, just put it that way. And I've been to some really sad funerals of, of tragic accidents and deaths, but no one that, like, is right next to me in family like that. And it was a horrible thing, and I've had to process... on. You feel guilty when you have anger, when someone you love has died. And that's what I'm having to process. You have utter sadness and despair, but then you have 
anger. It's I know it's one of the phases of death, but for me, anger didn't come later. It came first. It came first. Before I drove home and hugged my wife and we both started crying uncontrollably, I was already madder than I could get. We had people begging him to please, because of your condition, get the vaccine, if not for you, your family. If you get this thing, it is not good. You have all the conditions. Wouldn't do it. Didn't believe in it. It's, it's, I don't know if he ever came out and said it's a hoax, but it was kind of along those lines. And he's gone. So for the love of your family, kids, your spouse, your friends, you don't know the damage that you would leave behind if you, if you died due to a lie. And I say that mainly for those of you who have pre-existing conditions. Now, some of you are hearing this right now, and you're mad. You're mad at me because you think that I'm pushing vaccines, and I don't get, and I haven't seen the real truth. Don't even go there with me right now. Don't do it. I am not a mandate guy. I'm not. I don't want the government mandating. Even after what I have just gone through, I'm still not wanting the government to force people to do this. That may surprise some of you for basically because of what I just went through, but I'm still adamant about that. You have to take personal responsibility. And, and that's in this country, that's what I believe. So you look at the data, you look at the facts, and you say, I've got these pre-existing conditions, and I may not really believe in it, but everyone's telling me the people that I love say that I should get it for the, so I'm going to go ahead and get it along with hundreds of millions of others who have done this. So if you are on the fence about this, please consider this, please, please, please go get vaccinated. It's not going to harm you. It's not. It, may, it's, it doesn't necessarily keep you from getting COVID, all right? That data is also clear. This is not the end-all, be-all that people way on that side of the debate think it's going to save the world. It's not. But what it will do, at the very least, is curtail the symptoms and possible hospitalization and even more importantly, death. We know that. Those are the facts. Give yourself a fighting chance and do it for your loved ones. We'll be right back. Wow. My favorite Led Zeppelin song of all time. You had no idea. When the levee breaks. Oh, my gosh. All right, folks. Um, let, let's lighten the mood here a little bit. I, I just, we, we need to do that after the last segment. Thanks for indulging me. Apologize if it gets a little dramatic. But um, that, that was kind of a stream of consciousness. I hadn't prepared that at all. 
Um, in fact, I felt even like I had to rein it in at times. I just, I just, I just had to. But the point again is do what's right. And I'll leave it at that. All right, let's, let's lighten the load, lighten the mood here a little bit. And as we approach Christmas and we think about good things, all right, let's do that now. And think about when we were kids and, um, and the presents that we got and the excitement. You know, families do it a little differently. I know some of you grew up maybe doing opening presents on Christmas Eve, for example, and maybe the next day on Christmas, you might have got your stockings or whatever. Uh, for us, it was always Christmas morning. So you'd wake up and Santa had come. You know, you'd, you'd see the presents under the tree, but then when you woke up the next morning, you would see other things that really weren't wrapped. Maybe there was a... Uh, parts of a new bicycle or something like that. Um, I remember uh, when I got a new swing set. So all these things were put out that my dad later built. It's like, wow, look what Santa brought. So great, great, awesome memories. So I started to think, what is the best gift and the worst gift I ever received? but also the best and worst gift I ever gave. Now, no one intentionally gives the worst gift, but then you realize, oh, the reaction there, that's a bad gift that I gave. So I thought about this. The best gift that I ever got as a kid was in 1973. I'm 11 years old, and I get a 10-speed Schwinn bike. I mean, I remember waking up and there's this thing on the kickstand. I still remember it. It's yellow and it's, it's a 10 speed. Oh my gosh. I probably screamed for the whole neighborhood to hear up there in Florissant. And, and by the way, who knew that decades later I'd actually start doing triathlon and Ironman events, you know, not on a Schwinn 10 speed. I actually did graduate and upgrade the bike later on, but um, kind of funny when you think about it. Worst gift if my mom's listening right now, sorry, I just got to call you out on this. Underwear and T-shirts. For those of you who are young parents or parents-to-be, let me help you with something, a little memo here. Your kids do not want undies and T-shirts, all right? Buy it when they need it. I don't care if it's July 17th or March 4th or November 1st, if they've got holy underwear, then buy them underwear. Don't wrap it and put it under the Christmas tree. It's a letdown. Worst gift of all time. Don't do it. I'm still in counseling over it, I think. All right, gifts that I've given. Sorry, guys, I'm going to really make this difficult for you. You'll, you'll never match this. A lot of my guy friends, guy married friends, were really mad that I did this. Like, dude, now my wife knows that you did this. Thank you very much. I surprised my wife with tickets to a show. It just happened to be for Adele. Just happened to be in the third row. And it just happened to be in Birmingham, England. Yes, folks, five years ago. Best gift ever. You know you've done well when your wife cries when you give the gift. So jewelry is fine, but third row Adele tickets to fly over to Birmingham, England? Top that, guys. But then, unfortunately, my wife was the recipient 
of my worst gift ever. But I, can I defend myself on this? Well, let me explain what it was. This was in the early 90s. I want to say about 94. And remember what I do for a living. My wife, back in the day, loved Pier 1, Pier 1 Imports. My mom did, too. I remember seeing her buy stuff at Pier 1. My wife loved it. And so I thought, you know, since she loves that store so much, what would be more romantic than giving her partial ownership of it? So I bought her 100 shares of stock. It was only like $9, and it's 900 bucks. Now, we didn't have a lot of money back then. I was brand new in my career, and, um, and so close to $1,000 was, was a lot for us. I mean, it's not cheap now. Let, let me, let's be honest here. But back then, it, that was something. So that was part of the problem that she would point out, that I would spend that much money. But basically, she kind of said, this is the equivalent, really, I'm sorry, of buying like a vacuum cleaner or a gym membership for me. You do not buy your wife, by the way, a gym membership. Wrong message. Or a vacuum cleaner. I thought she would love to, I even, this is back when you could do stock certificates, all right? Dating myself here along with a lot of you uh, other folks and investors. So I have actually got the stock certificate mailed to the house. I bought a little wicker basket and put the stock certificate in there. I was so proud of myself. I, 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 I'm not kidding. I thought this was like going to be one of the best gifts ever. And she looked at the whisker ba- wicker basket and she said, well, that, okay, that's nice. I said, oh, yeah, you, you just wait. You open that. Oh, yeah. I sat back, big grin on my face. Oh, here come the kisses. And she opened, she, she literally looked at me. She was confused. She goes, what is this? I'm like, what is it? Dear, you, you're a partial owner of this company. It's 100 shares in your name. And she never cracked a smile, and she kind of winced, and she put it back in. She goes, oh, okay. We had a, a, a bigger discussion about that later. Yeah, don't, don't do that again. And to make it worse, I ended up selling that stock like five years later at a loss. Bad gift, bad investment, bad husband. Ah, talk about bringing back memories, this kind of music, the Christmas music. Reminds me of even Charlie Brown, watching all those great shows when I was a kid. I love this. All right, folks, it is uh, exactly 9.51 here in St. Louis. Thank you for tuning us in here tonight. Dave Simon's with you. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, I could be hosting my Dollars and Cents show this Sunday. I won't know that for a few days. It all depends on what the NFL is going to do with games. There has been talk they may shut it down or maybe just certain games, depending on the teams and the number of people who are announcing uh, a positive COVID test. So we'll see. If the Chiefs do not play Sunday, and that's the key, I will be on my regular time from 3 to 5 o'clock. Speaking of that, uh, wow, we've gone through nearly two hours of yours truly hosting this show, and I've not said one thing about the stock market. You're thinking, wow, you you actually... uh, do like get out of your shell a little bit and they, they let you out of the house and, and see other things in life. Yeah, but don't think I'm letting you off the hook here. I'm going to end on market stuff. That's right. So I know 
now we are inundated with people making their predictions, all the analysts. Well, here's what I think the market's going to do next year. The S&P is going to do this. This is what the Dow will do. I believe interest rates will be at this level by July and then at this level in December. Here's inflation. This is what the Fed's going to do. Let me help you with that. Don't listen to any of it. I'm in the business, and I'm telling you, your prediction of what the market will do next year is as good as mine, the professional. It is a guess. Nobody knows what the stock market is going to do in 2022. Nobody. You can't predict it. All you can do is control what you can control, and that is, what are your ultimate goals? Near-term, intermediate, long-term. I know this sounds cliche, but it's very, very true. And so you have to determine if you're in retirement, if you're close to retirement, you're young and just getting started, what are you trying to accomplish with your money? What is the purpose of that money? And if you can't really answer that, you got to sit down and do a deep dive into this. What is the purpose of your money that you put aside? What do you want it to do for you? How much risk can you take? And that's a very subjective question, and it can be answered differently depending on the circumstances. It is answered differently depending on where you are in life, and it can also be answered differently in terms of where we are economically because when things are going well, oh, yeah, I can take risk. This is easy until you're punched in the face. What's the, what's the great Mike Tyson line, right? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, and that applies to investing. Well, I, 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 I can, I, yeah, I can accept losses until they actually happen. Ooh, I don't like that. I want out. You have to guard against that. So as we look into 2022, the main thing that I will leave you with this, with no predictions, there's always something to worry about. Always. What we call paralysis by analysis. Well, I think this is going to happen with inflation. And I don't like where interest rates may be heading. And, oh, don't get me started on global issues like what China might do with Taiwan or, you know, Russia is amassing along the Ukraine border. That's not going to be good. And the market is way overvalued. And, uh, boy, this crypto thing, that's a bubble. That's a, Every year you can come up with 92 reasons why you should not invest. And the vast majority of years, the market goes up. And over five-year periods, the market goes up. And I have no idea what it's going to do in 2022. But I have a pretty good feeling that five years from now, the market will likely be a little higher than it is now, maybe a lot higher. I don't know. But it's all about setting goals, reasonable goals, and expectations. And I would encourage you to do one thing. Look at your portfolio, 401k, non-IRAs, taxable IRAs, whatever, the whole thing. Take a look at it and chop 20% of it. Gone. Big market correction, crash, bear market, whatever, gone. And if you're properly diversified, a 20% correction in your portfolio probably means the stock market was down even more, maybe 30%, 35%. So we've got a pretty good bear market going. Does that change your goals? If you fell 20% your portfolio tomorrow, does it mean, well, I was going to retire next year, but I can't now. I've got to work five more years. Uh, I'm retired, and that uh, all of a sudden I can't pull out as much as I wanted to out of my portfolio, so I've got to tighten the belt. 
uh, I'm young and uh, now I can't buy a house. If it materially changes something, then there's a problem with the way that you're investing. That's a wake-up call. Do the stress test. Nobody wants a 20% correction to their investable net worth. That is sticker shock. That is not a pleasant feeling. And for those of us who have been investing for a long time, we've seen it before. But what it should not do is all of a sudden cause you so much angst that you have to start changing a lot of things because now your goals cannot be met. My advice that I leave you with there. All right, folks, maybe I'll talk to you Sunday. It depends. If not, have a wonderful holiday season. Happy New Year. If not this Sunday, at some point soon, we will be talking to you on Dollars and Cents Show. Take care.